Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Virgin Mother of God, Mary Immaculate, we dedicate and consecrate ourselves to you under the title of Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal. May this medal be for each of us a sure sign of your affection and a constant reminder of our duties toward you. Ever while wearing it, may we be blessed by your loving protection and preserved in the grace of your Son. O most powerful Virgin Mother of our Savior, keep us close to you at every moment of our lives. Obtain for us, your children, the grace of a happy death, so that in union with you, we may also enjoy the bliss of heaven forever. Amen. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, of course, is the anniversary of the uh, apparition of Our Lady to Catherine Labouré on November 26th of 1830. 100 and I believe 93 years ago today, uh, where the miraculous medal uh, was given to her in, a, in an apparition and asked that it would be uh, created and spread around the whole world. And of course it has uh, in just these short two centuries. It's practically one of the most uh, well-known and sought after uh, sacramentals in the Catholic Church. And it is Monday, so Mother is with us. Good morning, Mom. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Good. Before we begin, I just wanted to just let people know in the Nashville area that there is a mission beginning tonight at St. Catherine of Siena in Columbia, Tennessee. Father Michael Hartley is up from St. Rita's Parish on 30A down at Santa Rosa Beach. He's a gifted speaker, profound preacher. He's a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And in my opinion, when his mouth opens, the Holy Spirit speaks. So if you're in the area and want to come to an amazing mission, it begins tonight, 6 p.m. at St. Catherine Church in Columbia, Tennessee. All right. Sounds like your parish will be blessed. Always, always is. <laughs> so, did you have anything yes. you wanted to speak about today? Well, I mean, I thought we would talk about Advents because by next Monday we'll be in it. Yes, yes, that's my thought too. But before we get to that, I don't think we've read the message for November 25th from Medjugorje, have we? No. That was no, only because recently. it took place over the weekend. Yeah. So I think we'll read that <clears throat> first. So Our Lady uh, in Medjugorje, November 25th, Dear Children, May this time be interwoven with prayer for peace and good deeds, so that the joy of the expectation of the King of Peace may be felt in your hearts, families, and in the world, which does not have hope. Thank you for having responded to my call. So Our Lady is uh, very aware of the state of the world, and she has a remedy for it. So I, I think this month we'll be focusing on that as we head into Advent. Yeah. And she already is talking about the expectation of the King of Peace, which is Jesus. So, the world has no hope. So, the world has no hope, but we have hope. 
And as we head into Advent, there's so many graces and blessings to be poured out upon us at this holy season. Uh, we don't want to miss them. So what is Advent? It's a time of waiting. It's four weeks to get ourselves ready for Christmas. We don't know when Jesus will return. We're waiting. Uh, we know that he came the first time in Bethlehem. And we know that he's coming again at the end of time in triumph. And so um, we wait, just like the people waited before he was born. Um, any thoughts there? Yes, well, of course, adventus, the Latin word, means uh, the coming. So this is what we're waiting for. We're waiting for both Jesus. We, we celebrate the, his coming in the flesh in the baby Jesus at uh, Bethlehem, but also his second coming, which will be, you know, which every day we're closer to by one day. So mm -hmm. it's something you can you should always be thinking about because at some point we will meet him face to face and we will have to make an accounting for this life. If you were paying attention to the gospel yesterday from Matthew, a very firm uh, delivery of what's expected of us and a very firm uh, understanding of where you're heading if you're not going to serve God. I mean, it was like, you can't get any more plain spoken than it was yesterday. And that's the point of the end of the year. This wraps up, this week wraps up the liturgical calendar year. And we begin, uh, Advent begins the new calendar year, where we begin to anticipate the coming of both the birth of Jesus and his second coming. So it's a time to take uh, stock of your life. You know, not the parts of your life that are worldly or the secular parts, but your spiritual, your soul. Where Where, where are you heading? What are you doing? in order to yeah. uh, maintain your place in heaven. Yeah, uh, and I don't I don't think a lot of people take time to do that. Uh, it's all about the material and what's going on in the world. Uh, but this, if, if you follow the church's calendar, this is the time to s set yourself apart for four weeks. Get yourself ready, because even if you're not alive when Jesus comes the second time, you will have a meeting with him when you die. Uh, so you know, the, 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 the meeting is coming one way or the other. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we, this should be, Advent should be a time where we look at ourselves and clean our hearts of any dust and grime and weeds that have grown there and open the way for Jesus. Like when someone comes for a visit to your house, the house gets cleaned, the furniture gets moved, all the dust is cleaned up. Uh, so it's like that in our hearts too. Cleaning needs to be done. We need to get ready. Uh, John the Baptist preached to prepare the way of the Lord. So uh, this these four weeks is a time to get ourselves prepared for that meeting with him whenever it will be. Confession is a, a wonderful preparation uh, to look at what separates us from God, to get to the root of our actions, and to look at what's the motive for our actions. Uh, so Advent is one of the holiest times of the year, and graces are pouring forth. Our Lady in Medjugorje, back on December 5th in 1985, said, Dear children, I'm calling you to prepare yourselves for Christmas by means of penance, prayer, and works of charity. Dear children, do not look toward material things, because then you will not be able to experience Christmas. Thank you for having responded to my call. So it's a time of waiting, and this year it begins on this coming Sunday, December 3rd, and it ends on Sunday, December 24th. 
So um, my nephew was saying recently that Christ is no longer in Christmas and no one is doing anything about it. Uh, he suddenly came to that realization uh, that it's very secular. What we see out there is all secular. And he was very disturbed by it and was disturbed that nobody was going to fix it. But we have many traditions in our families and we, we that's where we can bring that right back. We don't have to buy into all the secularism and all the shopping and all the the Black Fridays and the Cyber Mondays. Uh, we should go back to the traditions. And uh, so I'll just go through them. The first one, of course, is the Christmas tree. Uh, people, uh, people put it up earlier and earlier every year. Uh, our son and our daughter have a, a contest going of who can get their tree up before the other one, which is absolutely ridiculous, but that's what they do. Um, it, back when, when I got married, Advent was a time of waiting. And uh, the tree didn't go up until Christmas Eve. I, I can hardly believe it today. Uh, today, people can hardly wait until Thanksgiving. I know my son and my daughter this year didn't wait for Thanksgiving. They barely got through Halloween without putting the tree up. So people don't like to wait. We have instant gratification everywhere we go. You pull up to a bank window, money comes out. You pull up to a pharmacy window, medicine comes out. You pull up to a fast food window, food comes out. Uh, I ordered a, a floor lamp recently at 9 p.m. at night, and at 10.30 the next morning, it was on my doorstep. So there's hardly any waiting, and uh, it, it's true with the tree, too. I, honestly, you can put your tree up sooner than Christmas Eve, but realize, you know, that... Uh, there is a time of waiting. The Christmas season actually begins on Christmas Day and it, it goes forward. By that time, everybody is tired of all their decorations and can't wait to get them down. So they're not in step with the church calendar, I guess is what I'm saying. Then we come to Christmas cards. <coughs> Christmas cards used to be the Holy Family, but not anymore. It's now pictures of our own family. They're all photoshopped and looking their best. Uh, it's just, I mean, I like to get the cards with the pictures of the family, but what happened to the Holy Family? That's what it's all about. Your thoughts, yeah, this Father? This is my big, my big pet peeve every year. I kind of give my upraising to the parish and whoever wants to listen that this is not the intention of the day, that you should send pictures of you around. You know, maybe you should do that on your birthday and see the reaction people have. <laughs> You're sending me a picture of yourself on your birthday. Why is it okay on Christmas? I do not know. Take the oh, picture Jesus and stuff birthday. it stuff it inside your card. So if you must send your face out, it's in the card. But the card is about Jesus's birthday. It's about the Holy Family. And please don't put, um, don't engage in the season's greetings option if you're Catholic. That's just a watering down of what truly the, the season is about. It's all about him. The reason for the season is Jesus, period. You know, it's very hard to find uh, religious uh, Christmas cards anymore. Uh, they're just not there in the stores. You have, to, you have to go online to find them. But if you go into CVSs and places like that, 
you're lucky if you can find one box of, of a religious Christmas card. Yeah, but you know, they, they're it's just 2023. Amazing. It's 2023. People need to be a little more handy. So I had a, found a beautiful uh, altar in Assisi that had uh, the birth of Jesus uh, engraved in gold. And it was stunning. So I took a picture. I came back. I sent the picture to uh, a little publishing house that you can find online. And I asked them to make 800 of them with the greeting I custom chose. It's infinitely more uh, reasonable than buying Christmas cards in the store. Oh, it comes out to idea. about comes out to about uh, thirty five cents a card, whereas in the store you're going to spend two three dollars a card. So, and it's it's actually something that's from you. It's from your own experience. So yeah. you can do this. You can do it. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. So that moves us up to the crash, the nativity scene. Um, I've said this on before that. My husband and his father and his brother made a stable back in 1949 when they moved into their house. And he was only eight years old. His brother was four. And they went to the nearby woods and they gathered limbs from the trees. And his dad cut them to size and the boys helped him to build the stable. It's now 74 years old, that stable. And I had made ceramic figures for it. And it's a treasure in our family, it really is. Uh, and you, Father Dan, made some crushes a few years ago. And then our son Brian picked up on what you were doing, and he, he made a crush with his children. And so that's a beautiful family tradition now. And yeah, the if, crash, got, if you have kids that are, you know, at any reasonable age, a teenager, they're starting to probably not want to do it, but they might. You To make one of these is a fascinating thing for a lot of kids because they don't – we don't see people make things anymore. It's very uncommon to see something actually made. And when you pull out the saw and the drill and uh, all these things, the hot glue gun, and you actually make this little house and then you put the figurines in it, they, they'll never look at it the same again because they'll know that they helped make the house, the little crash for the uh, Holy Family. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you know, uh, when you, like I'm thinking of my nephew's family, very often, families don't have a crash. They have all kinds of Santa Clauses and all kinds of things like that, but they don't have the crash, which is the story of Christmas. So if your grandparents and you see that your children in their own homes don't have a crash, that's a great thing to get them this Christmas. And it puts Christ in Christmas. Uh, so I would encourage you to... Um, you know, think about that. Some people put a nativity scene on their lawn. Uh, our son Brian this year got some kind of a thing hooked up where it it's the nativity and it shoots it up on the house. It, uh, I don't know quite how it works, but you put a light on this thing and it, it shines on, the, it makes a big nativity on the house. Uh, so he has it on the side of the house where there's no windows and doors and it, it really makes a statement. So it's... Uh, Instead of just decorations, it does speak of Jesus and his birth, which is what it's all about. That brings us to the Advent wreath. I uh, love the Advent wreath. It's, a, it's an evergreen wreath with four candles. Three are purple and one is rose-colored for the four Sundays of Advent. The purple is a penitential and the rose is joy, meaning you're getting close to it. That's the third Sunday. 
and sometimes in the middle there's a white candle representing Jesus. And uh, if you have the white one, you light that each Sunday. So you light the candle every day until uh, the next Sunday. So the first week you light the first candle. The second week you light two candles. And by the last week, all four are lit. And it's a, a very nice tradition uh, at the dinner table to remind everybody that you're in Advent. Then we come to the Advent calendar. That usually has 25 little windows and the children open one each day. Sometimes there's a little scripture quote in each one. Or sometimes there's chocolates. Sometimes there's a little picture. But it helps the children to see how much time is left till Christmas, the countdown. Then there's the Jesse tree, which is, I haven't seen that too much. It's a little tree with ornaments depicting scenes from Jesus' ancestry, like from Adam, King David, Moses, Abraham. And each day of Advent, another ornament is put on that little Jesse tree. Um, so then we come to my very favorite, which is the St. Andrew Christmas Novena. And um, I've been doing this for a number of years now, and it's really become such a favorite tradition for, my, for me anyway. It has a reputation for answered prayers. So uh, as you do it, you can do it for a, a special intention. It begins on November 30th, the Feast of St. Andrew. And unlike a traditional novena, which is for nine days, this one is recited every day from November 30th until Christmas Eve. So that's quite a bit more than nine days. And the prayer is recited 15 times each day. Now, the 15 prayers can be said all at once, or you can spread them out throughout the day. And the prayer meditates on the mystery of the birth of Jesus. And it is a very prayerful preparation for Christmas. And as you recite this prayer, you're really reminded of why we celebrate Christmas. And I'm just going to read it. It's a beautiful prayer. So it's, Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires. And here you mention your request. Through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed mother. Amen. So that's the St. Andrew prayer. And um, again, John the Baptist came on the scene and, uh, announcing Jesus and preparing the way for him. So we too are called to prepare the way for Jesus. And Advent is a good time to do it. We should look at, are there any obstacles or sin areas in our lives? And if there are, we need to bring them down, lower them. Um, you know, there are any valleys that we need to build up, places where we're lacking. So just like John said, uh, every mountain and hill shall be made low, every crooked path made straight, the rough ways made smooth, every valley shall be filled in. We should look at our hearts and see how we have to fix our hearts so that everything is even and smoothed out and it's an easy route for Jesus to get in. But not to become scrupulous about it. Remember, Jesus is the Savior. He's, he's come to save us. Uh, so if we don't have to be perfect by Christmas, we have to be trying. And Jesus will, will do the rest. Um, so... Um, 
there's a number of saints in December. It's quite a quite a big group of them. All a lot of big ones. Uh, so this starts well at the end of November is Andrew. Then we come upon Ambrose. Then there's the Immaculate Conception of Mary. There's Our Lady of Guadalupe. There's Juan Diego. There's Saint Lucy. There's Saint John of the Cross. There's Saint Stephen. There's Saint John the Evangelist. There's the Holy Innocents, and there's the Feast of the Holy Family. So it's a big month coming up. Big month. Um, so, uh, any other thoughts on Advent? Why don't we talk well, it's about? The, Go ahead. It's the shortest uh, Advent possible because it begins, uh, as you mentioned, this coming Sunday, um, the third, and then the following Sunday is the second Sunday, and then the 17th is the third, and then Christmas Eve is the fourth Sunday of Advent, which means we really lose a whole week because Christmas Eve is Christmas. It's here. So it's literally 22 days. It's not a month. It's short. It's going to fly by. And if you don't take the time, if you don't set aside the prayer time, you will lose it because the world is going to encroach in on saying you have to go shopping, you have to wrap gifts, you have to bake cookies, you have to do all these things. Those things are fine. I'm not saying don't do them, but don't let them crowd out your prayer time to get closer to God during this preparation time. Well, yes, and we have Our Lady who already is telling us that um, the world does not have hope. So if you're not going to be praying and you're not going to be preparing for Christmas, you might fall into the category of not having hope, uh, especially if things aren't going well. So it's an opportunity. We shouldn't miss the opportunity. Um, no. So you really have to be intentional to disconnect from the busyness of the season because there is busyness all around. Uh, I, I possibly uh, maybe ask St. Joseph to teach you how to disconnect from the busyness. Joseph was always quiet and he just got the job done. So um, they have less distraction to be fair. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, <laughs> that when the sun came up, you worked. And when the sun went down, you slept. And life was much simpler. Uh, it is very much more difficult today to be a focused, intentional Catholic because of all of the, the barrage of media and uh, everything. Your phone and your computer are constantly beeping at you and ringing at you and uh, making all these noises to get your attention. I think it would be a good idea to, if you can, to just walk away from the phone for a few hours every day. You know, even if you're working, well, it's not unreasonable to return a phone call within 12 hours. So, you know, you can put the phone away and just say, you know, this is going to be a month where I'm going to uh, detox from the phone. I mean, we're just too connected to it. It's ridiculous. You know, years ago when when you worked, and somebody needed a, a document, you would say to them, well, I'm going to put it in the mail today. And that's what you did. And they didn't get it for another two or three days. Now, people are, expect you to send it to them instantly. And yeah. you can never really, you, I mean, the expectations are so high of, the, of your time. 
you know, compared to how it was just recently. Yeah, it's a but different world. And I, I, people, they just have to get over it. You know, people people email me from all over the world expecting me to help them. And uh, I have to keep referring them back to their own diocese saying, I, I'm, not your, I'm not your exorcist. I'm the exorcist for this diocese only. Um, and they don't like to hear that. But just sometimes just to get that back to them takes a few days because I'm getting two, three hundred emails a day and to sift through them takes hours sometimes. So, you know, I just tell people you have to be patient, uh, but I have to minister to those that I'm assigned to help in this diocese first before I can even respond to your email sometimes. So I don't know. We have to figure out a new method of automatic replies. If you're not in the diocese, I will pray for you. But, I, you know, you have to call your own diocese. Well, first Just of all, I don't think a, people people know how that works. Um, you know, I, I think they they're just they they don't know. They, um, I know, but they must realize I'm I'm not equipped. I don't have my own personal assistant to go through my email every day. So you know, a lot of the time. Uh, plus, you know, I am also the pastor over a parish. I had four or five anointings in the last couple of days, and one funeral. I have another funeral tomorrow. It's you know, there's other things we're doing. We're not just sitting in our chairs eating bonbons, waiting for the phone to ring. Well, all important work. Yeah, yeah, but you know, we are—I'm a diocesan priest. I'm assigned to a diocese, and that's my priority. Radio Maria is also a, a job that I'm assigned to do by my bishop, so that also is a priority. But you know, the rest of the stuff has to—it has to fall in line after that. But I'm not complaining. I'm just letting you know. Maybe if you're out there wondering why I haven't responded to you in a few days, that's usually the answer. I'm I'm doing other things, and uh, eventually, we will get to you. So we're well, out of we, time. We look forward to Advent. Tomorrow there's going to be a, a worldwide rosary at the uh, nine o'clock hour Central Time. So you'll we will please tune in to do that. You know, the rosary is a very powerful weapon. We need it. Our Lady said it can stop wars. That would be something we need to pray for every day. Thank you for being on, Mother. May Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is Father Dan signing out. Thank you so much for listening to the Radio Maria Podcasts. It's thanks to listeners like you who donate that enable us to continue delivering quality content to listeners around the world. If you'd like to contribute and help us keep spreading the message of Our Lady's Son, please consider making a donation. You can reach us at 888-408-0201 or simply visit our donations tab on our website at radiomaria.us. Your generosity truly makes a difference. This has been a Radio Maria production.